Welcome to the Father's House OC Podcast. We come to you with weekly sermons from our service in Huntington Beach, California. For more information about Father's House and more sermons like these, please visit fathershouseoc.org. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Ramel. Thank you for, for that uh, announcement session. We so appreciate it. Uh, good morning, Father's House, and again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. So glad you're with us. Yes, um, oh man, so many things happening. Saturate OC, I just so encourage you to uh, be part of that every Friday in July. So July 3rd, the first Friday of the month, that happens to be my birthday. You're all invited. I will be at Saturate OC. Um, so please come. I really believe it's important for our church to be uh, part of this. We are partnered with Saturate OC, our friends uh, who you've seen, uh, they've come and preach at our church, um, Jesse and Parker Green, and you know how awesome they are. They're, they're heading this up, so please be part of that. Um, I, I really think that something's going to shift. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. In July, as we part, participate in this, see what God does. Something is going to shift, so um, don't miss out on that. I want to say um, some prayer requests. Uh, pray for Ron and Diana Landau. Uh, Ron's in the hospital right now. All, all the details of what's going on with him is posted in our family, uh, our Father's House family room page, I believe it's called. So uh, check the latest post for that. Pray for Ron. Pray for uh He's in the hospital right now, pray for healing, and um, just cover that family. Such, um, such, dear, uh, such a dear brother and sister in the Lord. Uh, I've probably known them since I was 17 years old, so um, they're, they're, they're just amazing. We love them, and we want to see Ron have a full recovery um, from this. And so uh, will, you, will you pray over that family, please? Um, and, and last, what I want to say is call. Last week, I, I did an emergency call to prayer, and we had, uh, uh, we had it on Wednesday, last Wednesday. This week, we're doing it on Monday. So it's going to be a bit organic, jump around. Uh, when, whenever we can have it, we're going to have it. And whatever location it's at, it may be at different locations. We may just crash the Coles house for a long time. I don't know. But uh, tomorrow night at 6.30, uh, come to the Coles house, and we are going to intercede. And, and uh, if you didn't watch last week's sermon, I, I strongly encourage you to watch it. And I believe that the Lord is, is asking us to, um, to, to dig into prayer and, and through prayer, through intercession, to be, uh, to be ready. And so a couple things um, transitioning into to today's sermon. I'm praying this week and and asking the Lord what's on his heart and uh, what is he speaking. And I heard a few things that I want to release today. And uh, not, the first thing I heard uh, when in my time of prayer this week is I heard him say, uh, take the high ground. And so I, I really want us to um, take this to heart. Take the high ground. And I really believe it's a word from the Lord. And um, in, in any in a battle situation, um, the high ground is the ground of advantage. 
And so I really believe that we as Christians, uh, those who follow Jesus, there is a high ground we can take. There is a perspective we can have. Um, there's a posture we can have. And um, I believe it's above the atmosphere that where we live in. There's, there's a place that we can come from, a high ground advantage. It's the intercessory throne room of God. So right now, there is intercession happening in heaven, not just in heaven, but in the throne room. And so Jesus is interceding for us. He's praying the Father's will for us. And the Holy Spirit is, is also groaning the deep heart size of God in, in unison together, praying for us. And so there's a high ground church that you and I can, can be in right now in this moment, in this season. And I believe the Lord's saying, come, take the high ground. And the way we get into that high ground place where we have new perspective, where we have understanding of God's will, where we have a clarity of mind, where we have clarity of heart, that comes in, in quiet time, in prayer, in reading your word. That, that, that comes in, in, into an open heart. And so I really hear uh, the Lord speaking, take the high ground. It's the place of, of advantage in the battle. And if you don't know, we're in a spiritual battle. We've been in a spiritual battle, and now we see it manifesting in the physical even more and more each day. So today we're going to talk about how to take the high ground. What's that look like? Uh, the second thing I heard from the Lord this week is, uh, man, and this was just been burning in my heart so much, but I believe, church, it's going to be so crucial for you and I to make our hearts an altar for the fire to come. And I know that the Lord wants to send fire, the Holy Spirit. He wants to send the Holy Spirit in greater measure, but he's looking for hearts to become an altar. Listen to this scripture uh, from Psalms in the Passion Translation 5 verse 3. At each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice. And as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you, every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. Church, uh, this is such a timely, timely scripture. This is such an important thing for us to do. Um, I just, I so feel the stirring of the spirit uh, to not be distracted, to not be caught up in, in, uh, in the routine of sin, to not be caught up in, in, in things not of him and, and be so distracted and busy that we don't cultivate our hearts. We don't make our hearts an altar for the fire to come. Right now, it's so important, church, that you and I, we cultivate our heart. We open up our heart. We fillet the, the pieces of our life and let the fire come and consume anything that's not of him. And I don't know about you, but this can be scary for me. This could be, uh, it's a vulnerable thing. We put ourselves out there. We say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. What is it that's pleasing to you? That's what I want. This is a daily thing. This is a daily surrender. And so, uh, church, this is, I believe, the word from the Lord. Take the high ground. Get into that intercessory throne room and have the advantage from above. And church, prepare your hearts for an altar because God wants to send fire. 
And I know you want this. I, I know you do. But we do have to press into this thing. And we're going to see, we're going to talk about a little bit about spiritual warfare today and a little bit about what we can expect. And thank God we have the book of Acts to guide us, that we have the book of Acts as a blueprint um, so that we know uh, what we should expect to go through and that we know what God will do. So let's turn, um, <clears throat> let's see, I'm going to do a few pre-scriptures and then the book of Book of Acts chapter 13. So let's go to Matthew verse 8. Uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. And I'm sure you've heard many sermons on this, many teachings, but I'm just going to reference it, and we're not going to fully dive into this, but it's a reference point for where we're going. They all got into the boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake, and Jesus, exhausted, fell asleep. Suddenly, a violent storm developed with waves so high the boat was about to be swamped. Yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. The disciples woke him up saying, save us, Lord, we're going to die. But Jesus um, reprimanded them. Why are you gripped with fear? Where's your faith? Then he stood up, rebuked the storm and said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. The disciples were astonished by this miracle and said to one another, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey his word. So this is literally a scripture uh, in Psalms that talks about that the raging seas and the waves will obey his every command. Jesus is fulfilling that right here. But it's very interesting where they're going. Jesus is about to, um, he is about to cast out demons from demonized, to demonized men. And this storm is not just your average storm. It was uh, stirred up by the demonic and it's pretty clear here by, if you dive into the language that's used, um, that it's a demonic storm, not just uh, your average old storm. No, this and it possibly could even have been an earthquake that created like a mini tsunami in, uh, where they were sailing. So anyways, this is the, the point is it's a demonic storm. Uh, Jesus is sleeping in the boat and he tells, they wake him up, Lord, save us. And he says, he rebukes them, says, where is your faith? And so what we take from this is that if they had faith, they could have just rebuked the storm. If they understood who Jesus was, if they understood who was in their boat, who was with them, they could have seen the demonic attack and they could have silenced and stilled the storm. So I just want to start today's sermon with that scripture because you and I, God has us going somewhere. God has a direction for us. Um, where we're going and what we're doing is we're going into the darkness with the light and we're going to tie up the strong man and take his spoils. And so we can expect, and we're going to see it more and more in scripture here, we can expect opposition when we're headed in the right direction. I don't know if you're like me, but I like things easy, fluffy, cushy. I like things to flow and not be difficult. But what we read in scripture is when we go the way of the Lord, there's opposition. And what do we do with that opposition? Do we panic and fear? No, no. Jesus shows us right here. What we do with that opposition is we remember where we're going, what we're doing, and we take authority over the things that come against God's will. All right, let's read Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. I'm just going to read 10 through 20. 
You've probably heard many sermons on this, the armor of God. And so let's dive into this for a second. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. That's another way of saying, make your heart an altar. Fillet it open. Let the fire of God come. So that's life union. Stand uh, victorious with the force of his explosive power throwing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the, uh, the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. So if you find yourself being drawn in to hand-to-hand combat with uh, other humans, you find yourself uh, having attitudes, frustration, hatred, anger towards humans, you're, you're in the wrong atmosphere. You need, to take, you need to take a step back, head into the intercessory throne room and get a perspective, get the high ground of this situation right now. We have to take the high ground. And I'm not talking about a, a proud high ground. I'm talking about a humble high ground. We step back in. Lord, I don't know, but you know. And he begins to reveal to us uh, his will and his way and the answers and the things that we need. So we don't battle. I'm not going to battle humans. Uh, no, the, that's not what we do. No, we, we love. We share the gospel. We give grace. We forgive. We, oh, we pour out God's love on our brothers and sisters, right? We don't battle. We're not battling flesh and blood. We're battling in the spirit. So let's keep reading. Um, so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. So church, we're in a dark world. I don't know if you picked that up. This is a dark world. And we're here with the light of Jesus to light it up. So when we see dark things happening, we don't have to take offense. We say, oh yeah, people who don't know Jesus, they're in the darkness. And we're here to bring the light of God. So because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides you. So God provides. So you're protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. So then he goes on, put on the belt of strength. And it goes to say what the armor of God is. Okay, we're going to jump past that part. Verse um, verse 18. Embrace the power of salvation, full deliverance. Let a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. Um, and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword, the spoken word of God. And we jump into here. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all the believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach the wonderful mystery and hope-filled gospel. Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity, even though I'm chained as a prisoner, I'm in, I am his ambassador. 
So if you, if you read the whole book of Ephesians, as you read it all through, this would be such a crescendo moment. This would be such a powerful moment. Wait a minute. You just encouraged me all the way through this, and you're in chains right now? That's what, that's what that statement is there for. Like, whoa, I, have, I need to take the high ground. So church, you and I, we, we don't battle flesh and blood. Obviously, I think you know that. We battle principalities, but it's so easy. Uh, I noticed I could just flip open Facebook and be drawn into the current atmosphere by one person's post, be drawn in, have feelings of, of uh, frustration or disillusionment or whatever, just by one post. And, and I just realized my need to step back, just take a humble step back and, and, and live in the intercessory throne room of God and get a high perspective, get the high advantage of God. So here we are, church. You and I were called to do something. We're, we're called to go somewhere. And we, we better believe that there's going to be opposition. Why? Because we're not of this world, but we're in this world. And this world is dark. And so we have the light. There's going to be opposition to the light. Let's read Acts as our blueprint today. I'm just going to keep charging through here. So um, this segment is titled in TPT as Saul and Barnabas sent out as apostles. And let's begin to read verse 1 in chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, there was a number of prophets and teachers of the word, including Barnabas, Simeon from Niger, Lucius the Libyan, um, Mananine, the childhood companion of King Herod, Antipas, and Saul. While they were worshiping as priests before the Lord in prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit said... Let's stop right there for a minute. So here they are, uh, prophets and apostles and believers. They're coming together, fasting and, and worshiping, and the Holy Spirit shows up and speaks to them. But there's a quick, there, there's a tone, a tonality to this scripture that I, that I see. And uh, this, this mention of this childhood companion or this like a brother um, maybe your, your, your versions say. And so it's very interesting. What, what I think is being hinted at here is that the gospel, when, when you and I, we, we, we come awake to Jesus, when we, when we find Jesus, when he finds us, when our heart comes alive to him, we surrender, we repent and we're baptized and we're, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. We're a new creation. When, when that happens to us and we, we, we begin to step into that life full of the Holy Spirit, step into that life, surrender to God, things begin to change and shift. Darkness begins to be pushed back. And so what God does is he begins to orchestrate, um, orchestrate things in our lives because he has places for us to go. I want you to notice without even trying, the gospel has already in a short amount of time, penetrated into government. So the, the best friend of Herod Antipas is a believer now. And you'll see how good this gets. But uh, 
the gospel, I want to say this today, that I believe the gospel is the answer to all that we're going through. I still believe the gospel is the answer, no matter what the world issue that comes up. To me, the gospel is the answer. I still believe that prayer is powerful and effective and shifts things. I still believe that when we surrender our lives, let the Holy Spirit crash on our hearts and burn up everything that shouldn't be there, that God doesn't want there. I believe that he'll use us in such powerful ways that it'll even penetrate to our government without even trying, without even setting it up, without even planning. God will set up the appointments and he'll begin to move in places that we could have never gone on our own plans in our own way. I hope, I hope you're following me today. The gospel is the answer to all that's going on and it will penetrate. And believe me, when the kingdom of heaven comes to earth, things will get better. Things will get good. Things will be, uh, there will be such a positive um, outcome. Trust me, heaven is a good place. And, uh, oh, and Jesus says, we ought to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that is uh, our heart's cry, that on earth as it is in heaven. And so I just want you to see the, the tone here that the gospel's penetrating places right now. And so here we go in uh, the end of verse two, the Holy Spirit said, have I have called Barnabas and Saul to do my important work uh, for me. Now release them to go and fulfill it. So after they had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them off. So they, they obeyed the Holy Spirit and they sent them off. So Saul and Barnabas and the assistant, John Mark, were directed by the Holy Spirit to go to Cilicia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus, where they arrived in Salamis. They went to the synagogues and preached the manifestation of the Lord. From there, they crossed the island as far as Paphos, where they encountered a Jewish false prophet, a sorcerer named Elimus. So Elimus means sorcerer. Or uh, anyways, we don't even go into that. But this is a false prophet, someone... Uh, not that does not have the Holy Spirit that has another spirit and is giving him uh, power and influence who also went by the name of uh, Bar Jesus or son of Jesus he had uh, granted in he had great uh, he had gained influence as the spiritual advisor to the regional governor so he's gained influence he's not of the Holy Spirit he's of another spirit and he's gained influence he's He's worked his way in. Um, Sergius uh, Paulus, considered by many to be a wise and intelligent leader. So that's who Elamus was, worked his way in. The governor requested a meeting with Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the message of God's word. So again, look at what we see happening here. We see the gospel penetrating even government. So a government official is, they didn't work this out. The, they're preaching the gospel and things are happening. People are changing. They're coming with a message and the governor requests to hear it. So they've been sent. Now they're going and let's see what happens. This is very interesting. But uh, 
Elimus was uh, name means sorcerer, stood up against them and tried to prevent the governor from believing their message. So when we're going God's way, there's going to be opposition. Here it is again, opposition to God's will. I love what Saul, Saul, also known as Paul. So this is the last time we, that, they, that the book of Acts calls Saul, Saul, and he's now Paul. So he's taking the uh, he's taken the journey from being great in his own mind to being humble. So uh, humble before the Lord. Paul means small. So he's taken this journey. He was such. He was the Pharisee of Pharisee. He was he was the the greatest among them, and he fell off his high horse. Remember, and now he's taken the journey to be small. But the the mighty God, the Almighty God, works through him in in miraculous ways. So, and you and I, we all get to take that journey. We all get to uh, go through um, the, the, the idea of being great in our own right. And we take the humble step of surrendering. And we say, no, no, I want to be small. And Lord, you're almighty God. I want you to be big and work through my life in big ways. And I'm, I want to come humbly before you. I think you're catching that. I'm feeling it through the camera right now. Um, so Paul stared into his eyes and rebuked him, filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, you son of the devil, you are full of every form of fraud and deceit and an enemy of all that is right. When will you stop perverting the truth of God into lies? And at this very moment, the hand of God's judgment comes down upon you and you will be blind. So blind, you won't even be able to see the light of the sun. So if you remember the story of Jesus, the disciples, they're going somewhere on a mission into the darkness. There's a plan. There's demonized people that need to be set free because that's going to release the gospel in other regions. There's opposition in a storm. What do the disciples do back then? When they didn't have the Holy Spirit, they didn't quite get it yet. Like a lot of us, we didn't quite get it yet. Uh, they wake Jesus up in fear. But Paul, he doesn't do that. What Paul does is he steps into the authority given to him by Jesus. And he rebukes the onslaught. He rebukes the, the, the counterattack from the enemy. And wow, what an amazing what an amazing thing that happens right here. Um, let's keep reading. As Paul spoke those words, a shadowy mist and darkness came over the sorcerer, leaving him blind and groping about, begging someone to lead him ar around by the hand. When the governor witnessed this, he believed and was awestruck by the power of the message of the Lord. Whew, that is some powerful stuff. Don't we see that when we take the high ground, when we step into his way, that he's going to work things out for the good. He's going he's gonna to break open a path for us to walk and that is going to affect the world around us. It's going to penetrate every area of society. When we, when we open up our hearts, when we let the fire come, when we when we receive the gift of repentance from Jesus and we're full of the Holy Spirit and we surrender our lives and obey 
And hey, the Holy Spirit's going to send us and we obey and we go. He's going to orchestrate such powerful things. It's, this is the blueprint for it. I want to say that um, one of the uh, defining moments in my walk when it was a vision that the Lord gave me. And it was uh, during a very tough season for me. And I was uh, traveling for work and, and in a hotel just worshiping God. And um, I didn't know what the future held. I, I, really, I was really uncertain for me. Um, but all I had was, was a promise and a prophetic word. And so I just continued just to worship and love him and, and be in his presence. And uh, out of nowhere, he took me in a vision right there in the hotel room. And, and I, I've, many of you have heard this already, but um, I, I saw clouds passing by me. And all of a sudden, I popped through this, this dark layer of clouds. And, and above it was the sun. It was shining perfect. It was a perfectly beautiful day. And I could see the, the overcast of, of dark clouds. And then I what happened in the vision is it zoomed out and now I could see myself and I was a hot air balloon. And the Lord told me, yes, I, I am full of hot air. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny and powerful illustration from the Lord. Um, the Lord told me, you're a hot air balloon. And I had to ask him, what does that mean? And I, in the vision, I began to drop below the clouds, pick up people and bring them above the clouds. And so, church, this is, this is my call. This is what I'm to do, is to drop, drop into the darkness, drop into the clouds where, where, where there's uh, brokenness and hurt and pain and darkness and bring, up, bring people up to uh, the advantage height, to the Father. And so you'll notice uh, this is always my focus. When, I'm, when I feel, anytime I feel disillusioned, I just sit back and remember this vision. No, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so it's no, it's no, um, it doesn't surprise me that I'm hearing from the Lord and he's still saying the same message for me is to take the high ground, bring the attention up and I'll take care of it. Okay, um, let's keep going with this scripture. Verse verse 13. So we see in the first part that we read that people are being, uh, Paul and Barnabas are sent and John Mark are sent into the darkness. And wow, what a, if you look into the journey that they took, uh, it, it wasn't an easy one. And so, and the reason I share with you my vision of, of what the Lord gave me, what I'm to do is because each one of us uh, were, were called uh, we're called to do, um, to be witnesses. We're called to, we're called to uh, a specific thing that the Lord wants. And if you don't know what that is, um, you find it in the in the in the presence. You find it in the prayer room. And so, it's important. Get hungry. Get hungry for what your call is. Get hungry for what God has you to do, because He's He wants to send you. He wants to send you into a place of darkness and you'll experience just like we read in Acts, you'll experience the same thing, that opposition, but you'll take authority and breakthrough and you'll see uh, many lives changed. Okay, let's keep reading. I want to read this last part. It's so good. Um, so Paul and Barnabas in Antioch, 
in Turkey. Paul and his, this is verse 13, Paul and his companions sailed from Cyprus port of uh, Popfus to uh, Perga in southern Turkey. John left them there and returned to Jerusalem as they journeyed on to the city of Antioch and in the region of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went into the synagogue and took their seats. After the reading from the scrolls of the books of Moses and the prophets, the leader of the meeting said, sent Paul and Barnabas a message saying, brothers, do you have a word of encouragement to share with us? If so, please feel free to give it. Do we see what's happening? So when, when we surrender our lives and follow Jesus, he'll penetrate government. He'll even penetrate religion. He'll get in there. They're just going, they got a word, I guarantee they got a word of the Lord, go to this location. It was a, they literally had to take a hike in the mountains to get there. And so it could be a reason why maybe John Mark was out of shape. And he's like, I'm not doing that journey. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm going back to Jerusalem. They take this journey. And what do you know what happens is God is penetrating the synagogue. He's penetrating religion. And they instantly have favor. Brother, do you have anything to share? Well, then Paul gets up and the guy throws down a mean sermon. You can read that on your own, but he, he helps the, the Jewish believers there and those converted to Judaism, helps them see how Jesus is the Messiah and how he, he was killed by the Jews and raised to life and all the promises and prophecies fulfilled. Um, and then we pick it back up in verse 38. So listen, friends, this is the last part of his sermon to them. Through this Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is offered to you. Everyone who believes in him is, is set free from sin and guilt, something the law of Moses had no power to do. So be very careful that what the prophets warned about does not happen to you. Be amazed in, in, and in agony, you scoffers. For in your day, I will do something so wonderful that when I perform mighty deeds among you, you won't even believe that it is I who do it. As Paul and Barnabas started to leave, the people pleaded with them to share more about these things on the next Sabbath day. When the meeting had finally broke up, many of those in attendance, both Jews and converted to Judaism, uh, tagged along with Paul and Barnabas, who continued uh, to persuade them to go deeper into to their understanding of God's grace. The following week, nearly everyone in the city gathered to hear their, the word of God. So can you see what the gospel does? Penetrates governments, penetrates religion, penetrates communities, penetrates cities. The gospel is still the answer. It's, it's the answer. The people of God gathering and praying and worship it's effective preaching the gospel under the leading of the Holy Spirit, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, being sent into darkness and, and taking authority against any uh, opposing spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. These things are effective for change. This is what the church needs to be doing. The blueprint is right here. It's right here for us to grab. Uh, I get so excited reading about this. So nearly everyone in the city gathered to hear the word of God. When the Jewish leaders saw the size of the crowd, various uh, a vicious jealousy filled their hearts and they rose up to oppose what Paul was teaching. 
There's the opposition again. When, you, when you're on the road of the Lord, you can expect opposition. Don't fear. Don't panic. Take authority, church. That's what we do. When we, we settle in to our call. We settle into what God's told us to do. And when we see opposition, we don't get discouraged. No, we let it confirm the very thing God told us to do. Oh, here's the opposition. I knew it was coming. So here's what happens. The jealousy rose up and where was I? When the Jewish leader saw the, the, uh, the size of the crowds, vicious jealousy filled his heart. Uh, they, uh, they rose up to oppose what Paul was teaching. They insulted him and argued with him over everything he said. Sound familiar, church? I see this. Open up Facebook. You'll see, you'll see every argument out there possible. You, you'll see that, that spirit that's roaming in this atmosphere. Why it's so important for us to take the high ground right now. Yet Paul and Barnabas did not back down, filled with courage. They boldly replied, we were compelled to bring God's message first to the Jews. But seeing you've rejected this message and refused to embrace eternal life, we will focus instead on the nations and offer, to, offer it to them. This will fulfill what the Lord has commanded us. I have destined you to become a beacon of light for the nations and release salvation to the ends of the earth. Wow. So as you can see now, these guys are just getting started. They've, they've seen, they've already seen the gospel penetrate <clears throat> into levels of government. They've already seen it penetrate into religion and the synagogues. They've seen it penetrate into communi communities. They've seen it penetrate into cities. And now they're about to see it penetrate nations. I'm telling you, church, the gospel's still the answer. It, Jesus is still the hope of glory. He's still the message of the hour. This is still the most relevant thing in the universe is the gift of repentance for all humans, for everybody. The gift of repentance is here. Come and receive. Come and receive what God has for you. Forgiveness. And not only that, the Holy Spirit will come and live and rest in you. It's what a glorious message we have. Verse 48, when the non-Jewish people in the crowd heard these words, they were thrilled and they uh, and they honored the word of the Lord. All who believed that they were destined to experience eternal life received the message. God's word spread like wildfire throughout the entire region. The Jewish leaders stirred up a violent mob against Paul and Barnabas, including many prominent and wealthy people of the city. They persecuted them and ran them out of the town. As they left, they shook the dust off their feet as a sign of protest against them, and they went onto the city of Iaconium. They left the new converts in Antioch overflowing with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Church, I'm just here to encourage you today that God is moving. I know that your heart burns just like mine to see the gospel penetrate every level of society in our region. And I believe that the proper response to that burning is to is to get into the high ground is to 
make our hearts an altar and, and that we're ready and prepared to be sent and that we're hearing clearly and that our, uh, that our, our things are in order so we can quickly move when the Spirit says, go. Oh, church. Oh, I'm just so, so filled right now with his, his hope and his love. I hope you are being touched by the Spirit like I am through the Scripture. I hope you have so much hope for what God is doing. I hope that, oh, you really uh, uh, take this word. Like, um, I really hope that you take these words from your senior pastor to, to open up your heart, to step into that intercession. It's, it's crucial. It's so crucial, church, that we step into this, press into this. Uh, I encourage you, if, do everything you can to make our intercession nights. It will change you. If you're feeling apathetic, if you're, if you're feeling lazy, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling down, if you're not hearing God's voice, trust me, the, the prayer sessions will break through. If you have a heart to see change right now, prayer changes things. The best place to be is in intercession with the body of Christ. Miracles happen through prayer through prayer. And so I encourage you, do everything possible to make it to these prayer meetings. It's, it's of utmost importance. Uh, let's have uh, David and the team just get ready for a little, little bit of closing worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Father. Just quiet your heart for a minute. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You know, you may not have like lots of free time right now, and that's okay. Please, church, don't spend a minute in condemning or judging yourself. But just make a shift right now in your heart. Make a shift. I'm going to make my heart an altar for his fire. Make that shift right now. I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord. Take the high ground, church. Take the place of advantage in the battle. Open your heart. Make it an altar for the fire. Oh, I'm so convinced we're going to see the gospel penetrate every part of society, penetrate religion, Penetrate cults, penetrate the occult, penetrate nations, cities, communities. This is what we're here for. This is what we're destined to do. But we got to take care of business. We got to make sure our heart is an altar. We got to let the fire of God consume. Consume it all. See what's left. 
oh, it's, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's vulnerable. Yeah, it's hard. But when you come out of the other end, purified by God, oh, you're going to have something so valuable. You're going to have a message of hope. You're going to have an advantage. You're going to have a perspective that's not tied up down here. No. You're going to have a heavenly advantage, a heavenly perspective. You're going to step into your authority like never before, church. But it all starts with the altar of the heart. Come on. I don't doesn't matter. You may be junior higher watching this. Junior higher, I encourage you, open your heart to the Lord. Let it be an altar for his fire. You may be advanced in years. It doesn't matter. Open your heart. Let the fire of God come. You may be stuck in addiction right now. Oh, open your heart. Let the fire come. You may be lost. You may be in fear and worry. Bills may be piling up. I'm telling you, the first thing to do is make your heart an altar. Take the high ground, church. Take the high ground, church. Holy Spirit, move. Move on your people. Touch your people with fresh Holy Spirit fire, God. Transform us, God. Get into every nook and cranny, any darkness in our heart, God. Light it up. Anything that's not of you, God, light it up. Burn it up, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you and praise you, Father. We worship and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at me. Just can't get out of here without tears, I swear. I wanted to say one last thing before we close that uh, we, we've been announcing, hey, in July we're going to meet together and we are going to meet together. I think the first Sunday is July 5th. And um, I, I'm not sure if Ramel put this in the announcements or not, but um, we've decided instead of, um, we've had offers to meet in buildings, but the restrictions, there's so much restrictions on it. And uh, and there's so much restrictions on capacity. You have to find such a large place to fit uh, our, enough of our people. So what we've decided to do is starting in Jul uh, July 5th, we're going to, where we're doing the next park event on Sunday night. Well, the next Sunday, July 5th, we're going to be there streaming there July 5th at 10 a.m. from the park, the same location. And that's what we're going to do for July. And we're going to have an open public service. You bring your own, bring your own lawn chair. We're, if you can't come, um, 
Don't worry, we're still going to stream 10 o'clock like normal, but it's going to be from Huntington Central Park. We're going to post all these details. But church, we're, we're getting together. We're getting together starting beginning of July. And I want you to join us there. Um, see you tomorrow, Monday at the Coles House for prayer. I love you guys. I bless you. Have an amazing uh, Father's Day. And I uh, so uh, look forward to praying with you tomorrow. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.